Welcome to Helping Challenging Children. This podcast is for adults who want to understand why children behave the way they do and how to support them to increase their ability to self-regulate and to become more independent. My name is Dr. Pat McGuire. I'm a developmental and behavioral pediatrician who and I have been working with these children for over 30 years, and I can tell you that with the right support, they all do great. So enjoy these podcasts, and hopefully you learn a little bit each time. Greetings. Today I'm going to talk about race and self-image, or the effects of trying to fit in. Minorities currently make up almost 40% of the U.S. population, and in the next decade, they're expected to bring it up to a 50-50 split. And yet, they continue to be seen and treated by many individuals and government organizations as less important than their white constituents. This has a significant effect on how young people of color in the U.S. see themselves and their sense of belonging in their communities. In Psychology of Women Quarterly 2017, 20 American Asian college students were interviewed about their body images as Asian Americans in a white society. Their responses were tallied to the following questions, body weight, shape and size, facial features such as eye size and shape, and skin complexion or tone. The results were divided into five categories navigating cultural beauty norms, experiences of sexism and racism, parental influences, peer influences, and identity management processes. Women of Asian ethnicity, both in the US and their native countries, have tended to feel that they are not as attractive as white women, which has led many to get cosmetic surgery to change their eyes so they appear more white. This is part of what they found in those categories. They also bought into the desire for whiter skin, leading to a market for skin bleaching products. But they aren't the only ones who want lighter skin. According to an article in the conversation.com website on February, 2021, women of color spend more than $8 billion, yes, billion, on bleaching creams worldwide every year. The idealization of light skin as the pinnacle of beauty affects self-esteem for women of color around the world. And as I said, it's not limited just to Asian women. In many cultures, skin color is a social benchmark that is often used by people of color and whites alike in lieu of race. Attractiveness, marriageability, career opportunities, and socioeconomic status are directly correlated with skin color. Marketing companies have also used racist terms to attract white women to buy products that they describe as exotic. This is also a focus on sexuality, since another misconception was that Asian women were more sexually permissive by being more sexually submissive, based on misunderstanding of the geisha tradition. The bodies of Asian women were exoticized and hypersexualized and the perceived submissiveness of some Asian cultures is glamorized and eroticized. This fetishization reduces Asian women to an inaccurate and detrimental stereotype and creates staggering rates of violence. 
In fact, according to the National Network to End Domestic Violence, which is abbreviated NNEDV, 41 to 61% of Asian women report experiencing physical and or sexual violence by an intimate partner during their lifetime. This is significantly higher than any other ethnic group. I would love for you to watch a YouTube video by a friend of mine named Jolene Jang, J-O-L-E-N-E, capital J-A-N-G, where she interviewed some high school students in the greater Seattle area. It's called How Racism Affects Children, dash, Listen to Asian American Teens' Lived Experiences. And as I said, that's on YouTube. So if you just go to YouTube, Google Julene Jang, and then look for that title, How Racism Affects Children, Listen to Asian American Teens' Lived Experiences, you will learn a lot about how they try to make themselves uh, not as visible as different. They want to fit in. They want to be white because not being white causes problems. This issue with self-image is not limited to the Asian American females. From the same journal in um, 2020, 47 African American college women were asked about advice their mothers had given them on racial discrimination and violence. The way that mothers socialized their daughters to respond to racial discrimination included advice regarding self-advocacy, getting home safe, code switching, and taking the high road, or basically trying not to make a big deal of it. These recommendations led many African-American women to see themselves as needing to not be true to themselves in order to fit in be safe. Participants described how their mother's socialization messages reflected their personal race-related beliefs and experiences, including perceptions of the United States racial climate. The authors summarized the needs discovered by the interviews as practitioners must draw attention to how racism and sexism contribute to the state-sanctioned violence that Black women and girls experience. From these articles and others, it is very obvious that many children of color feel as if they need to be more white if they want to fit in and succeed. Those who don't feel like they are succeeding will likely show the following behaviors. They will have a negative image of themselves. They might feel bad, ugly, unlikable, or stupid. They will lack confidence. They will find it hard to make and keep friendships and may feel victimized by others. They will feel lonely and isolated. They will tend to avoid new things and find change hard. They won't deal well with failure. They will tend to put themselves down and might say things like, I'm stupid or I can't do that. They are not proud of what they achieve and always think they could have done better. And they are constantly comparing themselves to their peers in a negative way. Some children of color, however, do better if they acknowledge racism as a part of their life and link it to why they aren't doing as well as expected. Now, this may not necessarily be healthy, but for them, it allows them to keep self-esteem intact. According to an article in Psychology Today, published in 2021, psychologists explain this phenomenon by noting that stigmatization can be self-protective. 
Think about it. If you are a minority student, for example, and you get negative feedback on an assignment or test, you can blame the outcome on yourself or you can blame the negative outcome on discrimination. If you choose to do the latter, it's possible to actually protect your self-esteem and not let the negative outcome affect you. Of course, it doesn't get you to want to work any harder because you feel like the case is rigged, but at least you'll feel okay about yourself. Another study from 1991 that was mentioned in the same article showed this self-esteem protection in an experimental setting. The researchers invited African-Americans to participate in an experiment that looked at friendship development. The participants were invited to sit in one of two rooms that were separated by a one-way mirror. And they were told that the other study participant was already in the other room. They were under the assumption that the other participant was white. The African-American participants were told that if the blinds were up, the person on the other side could see them. If the blinds were down, they couldn't be seen. The participants filled out some questionnaires that the person next door would review and rate how much they wanted to meet the person. In reality, nobody was sitting in the other room. And this allowed the experimenters to manipulate the kind of feedback that the real participants received. The participants were told that after having gone over their, their answers, the person on the other room either really wanted to meet them or was not at all eager to meet them. Of critical interest was what happened to the people's self-esteem when they received negative interpersonal feedback. In the blinds down condition, that is when the participants thought that the person didn't know their race, their self-esteem plummeted. This is generally what happens to all of us when others reject us. In the blinds up condition, however, the participant's self-esteem was not at all affected, almost as if the participants were saying, I don't care what this person thinks. I know they can see me and they're just racist. This has no bearing on how I feel about myself. What these studies and the video recommended above show us is that racism is still a significant part of the daily lives of people of color, whether they be African-American, Asian-American, or Latin-American, although I did not share literature on this. Schools and communities need to be aware of this and look how they can bring equity to how children and adolescents are treated in schools. They also need to find ways to increase the ability of students of color to see themselves in a more positive light. A report in the Washington uh, EDU website in 2017 looked at a Washington universe, or University of Washington study that examined the role of a cultural enrichment curriculum in improving African-American girls' confidence and engagement in school. They had two groups of African-American girls involved. The first group had a six-week cultural program focused on a new principle each week, purpose, unity, respect, self-determination, cooperation, and believing in oneself. The girls participated in interactive lessons, discussing issues such as myths and stereotypes of African-American women, and recorded their thoughts in a journal. 
The program culminated in a Kwanzaa ceremony, which aimed to further bond the girls and symbolize their achievement. The second or control group had a six week mindfulness curriculum. At the end of the six weeks, the girls switched groups. The group that began with the cultural enrichment curriculum became very bonded to each other and were excited to discuss the issues and ways to improve their lives. This continued through the mindfulness curriculum and beyond. The control group, however, who started with mindfulness, saw a significant dropout rate. So by the time they switched to the uh, cultural program, there are only two girls left. At the end of the 12 weeks, they also found that the girls who started with the cultural enrichment program were more engaged overall in school, while the ones who started with the mindfulness curriculum showed even more disengagement over time. When we talk about making school relevant to students, we need to look at how the environment of the school affects how they see themselves and how they link or don't link with the students and staff around them. Trying to be more white has not been the answer because they feel untrue to themselves, which increases the risk of anxiety, depression, and high-risk behaviors, as well as disengaging from school altogether. We need to bring in more racial, racial and ethnic studies to even the K-12 population if we want an improved outcome for the students of color. This would include expanding beyond Black History Month to adding Asian History Month, Indigenous Peoples Month, and looking at other minority groups such as the LGBTQ population, Women's History Month, and a history of people with disabilities. If I have missed any groups, it is not intentional and, should we, make, and we should make sure that their stories are also understood and supported. I hope this podcast was informative to you. If you would like to have more podcasts looking deeply at issues related to our children, check out my subscription podcast, Digging Deeper to Help Challenging Children. New episodes go live on the first and third Wednesdays of each month. This week, I'll be adding a podcast looking at the connection between literacy problems and the prison system. I hope you will join me as I focus on issues that start in elementary school and set the stage for a life in prison for many. Until then, have a good week.